The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Location, location, location. For nearly a century, these words have been the basis for successful real estate ventures. The idea, of course, is that the most important thing about a property is its location. We cannot underestimate its importance or its influence. Now, we don't know who the four gospel authors were. At one time, it was believed that this gospel was written by Matthew, the disciple, who was a tax collector. But maybe, just maybe, the author was a realtor. Because in his gospel, place matters. He's not just providing a travel log when he references Nazareth and Capernaum, Zebulun and Naphtali, and he describes the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. These places that he names have meaning and are connected back through Jewish history to the prophecies about the Messiah the promises that God has made to God's people. We know that John was in Judea, in the southern part of Israel, when he was arrested. And Matthew tells us that Jesus then withdrew to Galilee, the region north of Samaria, where he made his home in Capernaum. He didn't go to Jerusalem, 
the religious and political, cultural and economic center of power. He didn't go home to his family's village of Nazareth in southern Galilee, where he might have found safety and security. And he didn't go to Sepphoris or Tiberias, the larger, wealthier cities, sometimes called the jewels of Galilee, where he could have met powerful or wealthy merchants. Instead, Jesus went to Capernaum, a small fishing village on the northwestern edge of the Sea of Galilee in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali. And for Matthew's predominantly Jewish audience, that choice matters. Zebulon and Naphtali were two northern tribes of Israel that had fallen to the Assyrians more than 700 years before the time of Jesus. Whenever anyone invaded, they were the first and last to bear the brunt of it. When the Assyrians overran Israel, they annexed these two tribes, and they were cut off from the rest of Israel, separated from their country and family. As preacher Caroline Lewis said, their names have not been on the lips of God's people for a very, very long time. Just a mention of these two names. And Matthew's audience knows that in Jesus, God is up to what God does best, making good on God's promises to God's people. And it is in that place and among those people that Jesus begins to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. He repeats the exact same message that John had been proclaiming in the wilderness in chapter 3, and it is the same message he will send the 12 out with in chapter 10. Although the place changes, the message is the same. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. Christians often talk about why Jesus died, but this, is why Jesus lived to announce the kingdom of God here on earth and in his person to show us God in flesh who cares enough for God's people to live among us. This morning's gospel reminds us that God speaks in places and in ways that surprise us. Jesus defies all the expectations about what a Jewish Messiah should look like. And he ushers in the kingdom of heaven without any of the trappings, the regalia, the money, or the pageantry of any kingdom that anyone has known. And he announces this kingdom not to the priests in the temple, or to the governors who served the Roman Empire, but to fishermen and to people who live out in the sticks. So perhaps we can believe that the kingdom of heaven is here in our corner of the world too.
kingdom of heaven is on the court square where a couple of weeks ago Eastside Baptists wrapped scarves on tree branches with tags that told people who needed the scarves to take them. The kingdom of heaven is over here in a house off Buffalo Street where a family's been living without electricity or running water even when the temperatures drop to 13 degrees like they did this week. The totally free clothes store gave them good winter coats and we helped them get some food and kerosene. The kingdom of heaven is at Pleasant City Church who is hosting a dental bus next Saturday for neighbors in need of free dental care. The bus sponsored by the North Carolina Baptists on Mission has been visiting communities for 30 years, reaching uninsured people. Jesus shows up in all of these places, and we meet him there, just as the disciples met Jesus in Capernaum and followed him. Meeting Jesus, we cannot ignore his call to repentance. Sometimes we really want to skip over that part. It sounds hard. It makes us feel guilty. We know how often we fall short of God's commandments for how we are to live with God, and with each other, and with the world. But understanding repentance only as a moral choice between what is good and what is bad or wrong or sinful isn't especially helpful or accurate. Metanoia, the word translated as repentance, actually means turning around. So when we repent, we are changing direction. Literally turning around and following God. And of course, when we refuse to repent, we are actually choosing to continue to go in the direction we have already taken, away from God. We are choosing to separate ourselves from God in favor of our own desires and plans. Repentance, especially in our Lutheran tradition of confessing our sins and receiving absolution or forgiveness, means drawing near to God. Martin Luther taught that the law brings us to the cross where we receive forgiveness. Repentance means living in the light of God's grace where we know God's love for us. And when we know God's love for us, we can share that love with others, just as we are commanded. Place matters. Some 40 years ago, our congregation decided to stay inside the city, to stay in this sanctuary, not to sell this property. We decided we were going to be the visible sign of God's presence in this neighborhood and community. Today's gospel reminds us the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near to the corner of Lafayette and Marietta Streets. 
And Jesus is calling us to follow him. Amen.